Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at Fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Launching kids into the world is no joke, whether you're sending your kid to kindergarten or off to college. Some days we wonder if we're doing anything right. One thing is for sure, we all want to do it well. Hi, I'm Jamie, mom of four. And I'm Lisa, mom of three. We're here to help and encourage you in your parenting journey. Never perfect, always honest, and in the trenches with you. We're experienced, but not experts. You ready? Let's Let's launch. Lisa, when I was growing up, um, my parents at one point, I should ask my mom about this, would give me large amounts of money during the month, but I had to cover everything for me. I believe this started in like maybe late elementary even. Oh yeah, uh uh-huh. So my mom was trying to teach me budget. And so she would give me like $80, which is a lot when you're in fifth grade, right? Yes. And then she would say, you need to save some, tithe some, and then the rest, if you need new clothes, if you need whatever, this is where it comes from. So she was really trying to teach me to manage money. Wow. Now, I was a terrible (laughs) money manager, in fact, Aaron and I joke all the time that I showed up to our wedding day with me and a bunch of credit card bills <laughs> that then became his. He's like, "Wow, oh, I didn't get to I didn't get to enjoy any of this." So, I didn't really learn how to manage my money very well until I was a lot older and kind of had to. The stakes were a little bit higher. But when we had kids, I knew I didn't want to do exactly what my mom and had done. Nothing, no shame against them, but just whatever. So we had these little jars, okay, and they were like old pickle jars or whatever. And each kid had, I think it was three jars, save, give, spend. Okay. And so they would get whatever kind of money they would get, and then they were the goal, 10% in save, 10% Mm. in give, and then the rest in spend. Now, I'll tell you where (laughs) this stopped working. (laughs) When our kid got a $10 bill, do you know how hard it was for me to kind of divvy that up? Oh, yeah. Who who has cash? <laughs> who goes to the bank? <laughs> so we would try to do that, and we still tried to do that forever. But I, I think that with the kids, the hardest thing for me about money was consistency, which isn't that the truth for adults. Yeah. I mean, it is. The hardest thing for me was consistency. So we tried to do that with our kids. And now we still try to do that with our kids. And it's a little bit different. They all have checking accounts. But I will say... Um, I, I will admit our failures here is I am 44. I have a 19 year old as our oldest married for almost 23 years. And I feel like embarrassingly, Aaron and I just in the last year or two have really started to get a handle on our own money. Yeah. And of course, there's no regrets. But we look back and just think, gosh, what if we what if what if what if and I think talking and teaching our kids about money is so important. But I'll also say the struggle for me is it has, I've known it's important, but it often doesn't feel important. Does that make sense? Yes. Because you're like, here's what I need you to do is I need you to learn compassion. I need you to not hit your brother. I need you to not act (laughs) a fool. I need you to show respect to people who are in charge of you. And I need you to take care of your money. Right. But the more dire things are what you have to do the, the, to deal with that are much more pressing than yes 
have you learned how to budget your five dollars? Right, exactly, exactly. So how have you and Scotty at the Whittle House taken care of this when your kids were little? You know, you're you're telling about these jar this jar system. <laughs> I'm thinking that sounds pretty like high tech to me. Well, it was also I have four children. Do yeah. the math. That's a lot of jars hanging around the house. Yeah, I have pennies and quarters in them. <laughs> that's pretty good. No, I mean, I was pretty impressed by your jar system, actually. I was thinking we should have done a jar system. I mean, but isn't that the truth, though, the, the way that we look at the way other parents yes, do it? like, oh, we should have done that. Like, that's so brilliant. Uh-huh. I was even thinking about what your mom did. I was like, oh, that's so brilliant. And then you're like, I was a terrible money manager. <laughs> I know. But I do think that is the whole thing of it. And the other thing that struck me as you were talking was the lack of confidence we have in our own ability to manage money as parents. Yeah. Isn't really that the crux of it? Maybe we really aren't good at it. That's one thing. We don't prioritize it. All of those things. I'm with you. I don't know that Scotty and I have been the greatest at being money managers Mm -hmm. ourselves. So I don't know that we thought through like, oh, let's teach our kids to budget. I will say, because my parents, my mother in particular, was very adamant about tithing Mm -hmm. from the very beginning. You know, we were good Baptists. So you're going to put that tithe in the bucket. Yes, you are. Mm -hmm. You know. So we had the little envelope growing up. We had the little $2 or whatever. So, you know, our kids, we wanted them to know from the beginning, like, this is what the tithe is about. And this is really important. So we did prioritize that with whatever, like, little birthday money they got or whatever the case may be. But, I I mean, partially this is maybe my brain not remembering. But I don't remember us having, like, a system. Mm -hmm. We really didn't. They, you know, they did chores. We I never really wanted to give them money for chores because I wanted them to feel like, no, you have to clean your room. I'm not paying you for that. Right. Sorry. You live here. You live here. Like, this is your part of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Your your payment, (laughs) the money is, like, you get to live here for free, right? Yeah. So, so we didn't have that system. I will say this, though. When Scotty and I decided that we were going to get serious about money, of course, we decided we're going to go with the Dave Ramsey system. Of, of course. Yes, you have to. So we decided we we're going to do that. And we decided that we were going to get our kids involved yeah. because we thought they need to learn about money, too. <laughs> so um, I don't know why we didn't think maybe we should learn first. But we <laughs> thought, let's all, all for one, one for all, right? We're all going to pile up in the car. We're going to do the day. So it was a Sunday night deal at a church. Uh-huh. We're going to go. We went to the basement of the church. We're going to do the videos and all the things. I don't remember the exact ages of our kids, Jamie, but I want to say the oldest was maybe, you know, I don't know. He was maybe a junior in high school. So then follow suit. The rest were freshmen in high school and um, on down. So seventh grade. And we went and did this class. Now, it was what, a seven-week class? Uh-huh. I don't know, eight-week class? We have videos of the kids. You took them for seven weeks? We took them. We missed, I think, three of the weeks. But they honest. it wasn't like a one-night deal. No, no. They oh. had to go with us every Sunday night. And, okay, so I just have to give full full disclosure here so that some parents will be encouraged. Begrudgingly, the kids went. <laughs> of course. We drug their carcasses together, yeah. right? They were not happy about mm-hmm. it. And, you know, we have videos of them. They are looking like they could kill us. Uh-huh. But we thought maybe one little tiny thing that's said here will stick uh-huh. with these kids. Like one little thing. And I remember sitting around and people giving testimonials as to why are you here? Yeah. You know, what what do you need from, from this? Like, why are you in the money situation you're yeah. in? Or maybe you're just wanting to do better or whatever. And I thought, you know, stories often compel people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and something sticks. 
here's the truth. I don't know if something's stuck or not. Uh, I know our expert is Rachel yes. and, and Cruz, and she will be on here. And so she'll help us maneuver and navigate this yeah. whole thing with her wisdom. And yeah. we're grateful for that. Yeah. But I think the important thing for me in all of this was realizing that once again, as parents, we set the example mm-hmm. and we made plenty of mistakes. Yeah. Oh, goodness, as parents, money was certainly one of them. I think that one thing we did do right by the time they got to college was to say, we want you to have some skin in the game. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't say you just get a free ride for college. Yeah. We wanted them to to know, like, some of this college is going to be on you. Yeah. You to choose to go to this school or that school or whatever. And um, having skin in the game was really important. So we've done the same thing with our kids as they go into college. We're a little bit behind you. But one thing also that we've wanted to do is really make our kids have jobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the problem as you get older is typically not always as you get older, you're more secure in your money. When Aaron and I first got married, I mean, we made like literally between both of our W2, like $14,000 between the two of us. And I think we had full-time jobs, you know? So you age, you get older, you get more secure. And so thank goodness as you're parenting teenagers, because they cost a million dollars and a half each. Mm. But we've really, we've told our kids, when you turn 16, you will get a job. Yep. And granted, some of them also do sports. And so it looks different for how often they can work and what they can do. But for us, we needed them to know that everything is not just going to come easy for you. You need to learn how to have a boss. You need to be accountable to someone else. And, you know, people laugh at me all the time because we make our kids pay for two things, which is so funny when I tell you what they are. They pay for their own gas. Okay. And so you got to pay for your own gas. We'll provide the car. We'll do the insurance to pay for your own gas. And then this is so weird. I don't know where it came from. I think one day I was just like, I'm done giving you money for this. They have to pay for their own haircuts. And so (laughs) that is funny. Isn't that funny? I have no idea why. And now that the boys are older and they do work more, you know, oftentimes they're not asking me for money all the time because they have money and they'll go do stuff and it's great. But we really wanted to teach them like, we're not just dishing out money. And honestly, we don't dish out money all the time. Yeah. We're like, you have jobs. This is what you do. Yep. This is what you're doing. And so we really wanted to prepare them for that by making them have jobs and be accountable for their money. Now, I told you that we started a new budget. And um, we have done the envelope system before as a family. And so yep. there that is. We started a new budget. And you have to tell me what you think about this. Okay. Only three of my kids were home. So my oldest was at home. So he didn't have to sit through this. Funny thing about the IVs is sometimes we have family meetings and we, Aaron and I come to the table with PowerPoints, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that is such joy for the kids. The kids are so excited. Yeah. They're like, are you kidding me? We're like, look at the TV, guys. We have something to tell you. So it's not unusual for us to come to the table with okay. PowerPoints. So we come to the table and we wanted to let our kids know that we were about to get a lot more stricter with our money mm. because we felt like it affected them as well, sure. you know? And yep. so we all live here. We all eat the same food. We all go on the same vacations. Yep all the things. And so when we created our new budget, we let them in on it. Mm. And so first, you know, me, I was like, guys, this is family stuff, not a secret, but please don't go running and telling all your friends how much money your parents make. Right. But we showed them everything, Lisa. Mm -hmm. And the reason we did it, Aaron and I went back and forth about it, but we really wanted them to see like, you guys, it costs a lot of money to own a home. Yes. It costs a lot of money for us to pay for three people's insurance that are teenage boys. Mm. It costs a lot to feed a family of six. And so for me, even though I was hesitant about it, I wanted them to understand what it cost 
to run, have, whatever you want to say, a family of six in yeah. 2023. And I don't know, it's too early to tell if it was helpful or not. Yeah. But I have heard my kids, like, they'll say something, and it's a joke now. They're like, nope, we're on a budget. Can't do that. We're on a budget. But to me, I think it's showing them we just don't get everything we want right when we want it. Yeah. Anxiety and depression are hard enough for adults to deal with. They're really incredibly hard for our children to deal with them as well. I've said it before, us Ivies, we are very, very much big fans of counseling. If you are a parent like me and you've seen your kids have to struggle with some mental health issues, I want to introduce you to Foundations Family Therapy and their online courses. Foundations Family Therapy is a group practice of licensed therapists who have created self-paced, video-based courses for topics like parenting young, anxious children. Their team understands that sometimes therapy is not attainable in the season of life that parents are in, and it can also be hard to find a therapist. So these courses are a great resource for getting some professional guidance. Three of their most popular courses include From Surviving to Thriving, Beating the Worry Monster, and Combating New Parent Anxiety. All of their content is created from a Christian perspective and led by a licensed marriage and family therapist. You'll get video teachings, print resources, activities to practice, and next steps for thriving. Foundations Family Therapies courses include eight therapy sessions worth of information and are offered for the price of just one therapy session. Launch listeners can get 20% off any of these online courses. Visit foundationsft.com slash courses. Use the code LAUNCH for 20% off any of their online courses. As a parent of a teen and also a young adult, but my teen daughter, I'm constantly looking for resources to help her grow in her faith and make it her own. At my house, Light Speaks Loudest is one of my favorites. The Light Speaks Loudest team creates quarterly subscription boxes specifically to help teen girls better love themselves, others, and God. My daughter's story is 15 and her and I both love Light Speaks Loudest because their boxes are full of authentic and trendy items like devotionals, journals, self-care items, and other accessories to encourage girls. She loves getting mail that is just specifically for her and I love what What's in the box that's just specifically for her. Each season has a unique theme designed around relevant, important topics like body image, friendship, rest, purpose, kindness, and so much more. Plus, they support at least one teen business in every single box. I say it all the time. It is a tough time to be a teen girl right now with everything that our teenagers are facing from mental health struggles to peer pressure to loneliness to trying to understand their identity in Christ. And I'm really grateful as a mom to have Light Speaks Loudest as a partner in the process of helping my daughter and all the girls that they work with navigate these challenges with hope. You guys, if you also want to give your teen girl in your life a gift that's both authentic and fun, visit lightspeaksloudest.com. You can learn all about their subscription options. You can become a member today. You can get 10% off your first subscription box when you use promo code JAMIE10. That's lightspeaksloudest.com. Use promo code JAMIE, J-A-M-I-E, 10. I think that's actually super smart. I really do. I'll I'm, send you our PowerPoint. You can add in your own numbers. Would you please do that? Yeah, because I don't want to have to recreate yeah. that. No, I actually really think that's smart, Jamie, because, and we did something similar with our kids, not to that degree, but let them in on the the nuances of what our financials were in the context that they could handle it. Mm-hmm. Clearly, right. like, you don't tell For them sure. everything. Yeah. But put some numbers to it yeah. because it is important for kids to understand there is budgeting involved, there are prices involved, mm-hmm. there are price tags, yeah. and you have to pick and choose, which I think is the biggest lesson. 
I'm not the expert here yeah. for sure, but it is the the helping them decipher because again, we're launching kids out into the world to mm-hmm. be able to know how to manage their money. Yeah, that's what we're doing, mm-hmm. and so we're helping them make decisions while they're under our roof. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why I love what you talked about with having them pay for their own gas, Mm -hmm. because what that actually does is help them make good decisions about where to go. Thank you. Do you want to go back and forth from school four times today? Right. Right. Yeah. So they're getting a lot pickier now Mm -hmm. about where they're going to go. When mom and dad are just paying endless gas tabs, they're just like, oh, we'll go here. We'll go there. We'll go way out of the way. Sure. Hey, dude, I'll take you home and your sister's Uh mother's (laughs) best friend. Yes. I mean, that's what you Mm -hmm. get into. Yeah. So we can we can do that. Yeah. But then they don't make very good decisions with their money. Yeah. When when they are paying their own mm-hmm. gas, yeah. they start to get a lot pickier. Yeah. And I watch that happen with my kids too, where and we're we have the same philosophy. Like they turn sixteen, they get a job. Yep. And we we actually had a, another stipulation, which is a little bit of a side oh, road, but we it. said you have to work for food service because oh, we want you to know that's a good thing. What yeah. it's like to have to serve people and them not be happy that their cheeseburger wasn't done right. right. Like yeah. well, this is what you have to uh-huh. do. So all three worked food service uh-huh. the minute they turned sixteen, and um, so but but the thing about the 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 making their own money was all of a sudden where they were very casual mm-hmm. about like their clothes being thrown around right. or this or that or the other they are they are now being very particular 100%. about how they're suddenly folding their clothes yep. they're suddenly like keeping their rooms well and oh i'm keeping up with my airpods now yeah. because i've bought them right and i think that's it yeah. right there right mm-hmm. because otherwise how else are you going to learn yeah to keep track of your stuff. So yeah. we are doing them a great disservice mm-hmm. by providing everything for them. Listen, people complain all the time about this Gen Z being mm-hmm. entitled, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But who has given them a lot of those yeah. sort of ways to become entitled? Mm-hmm. We have to look at ourselves yeah. in the way that we've just you know, bought them things. And yeah. so I think managing money is is a part of that process. Totally a part. Yeah. And I know, like, you know, I keep talking about Aaron and I's budget because it's so fresh in the last six yeah. months. And we have said to each other so many times, we feel so empowered by this. Mm. In fact, I think I texted Rachel yeah. and said, I feel so empowered by this. And that's what we want to teach our kids as well, is that they they can have control over their money. And you and I and everyone listening has lived through seasons of Plenty and scarcity. Mm. That's called life, you know? And so teaching someone to value the the dollar. And then the next point that I think that I don't know that we have done the best job of, that I want to do a better job of, is to really empower our kids to know that really everything we have is a gift from the Lord. Mm. And I'm not saying we haven't taught them that, but it's also hard. I mean, I'll just be honest. It's been really hard with my kids having jobs to allow them to see the importance of giving money away, giving yeah. money back. I mean, we've yeah. had to have some really hard conversations. And I don't have the right or wrong way of like, do we demand that our kids like do this or we do give them opportunity and present it to them? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't have an answer. Yeah, Every kid's different. You you mentioned the very first episode, you knew what some kids were going to struggle with yep. from the very beginning. And we have a kid that struggles with money. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard. It is really, really yeah. hard. But really wanting to talk more about conversation, especially because the kids are making money, they have jobs, and they're going to college, where we also ask them to put skin in the game, of really just saying, like, hey, what does it look like to really believe that, like, this money 
actually did come from the Lord? Yeah. And what does it look like to be like givers with our money? Yeah. Because sometimes kids, that's a hard, it's a hard concept. Very. Because like, even if they like love me, it's hard for adults. Who are we getting? Seriously. You get to the point where you're like, this is my money. Mm. Like I worked hard for this. I don't want to give it away. And so I think that's really hard. And Aaron and I are just trying to like, we're trying to model it Mm. and we're trying to have conversations about it. Yeah. That's absolutely the truth. I think, um, you know, one of the things I've noticed about myself, even with money and, you know, giving it back to the Lord and tithing and all those kind of things, I've noticed that if I don't respond immediately, um, it just gets harder and harder and harder. So I think I think there is sort of that, um, you know, that 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 training, that teaching, that that, and it's constant. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a one and done. Yeah. I think it's a it's a and a modeling of saying like, this is this is this is a gift from God. It it, it, it it's all God's yeah. at the end of the day, and it, we immediately turn back and say, here, let me offer it back to you. Yeah. And so, to me, uh, honestly, Jamie, throughout my entire parenting, especially things that have been harder concepts that could be very dogmatic, mm-hmm. right? Like, give your money back to God. Right. Give your money to the church. My thought has always been, I need my kids to understand the why behind this. Like there are some times that why I just need to be the parent and just say, this is, you just do it. But there are, there are times, and I think money is one of them. Especially if you want it to last forever. Yes. That that they have got to understand the heart. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't understand the heart, then, then it won't, then maybe they could even do it until they graduate. Right. And then they won't care. But it just won't stick. Yeah. And so I think this is one of those things where you say, you know, this is a this is a heart of worship. Mm-hmm. This is a heart of gratitude. And also, you know, the blessing of it, you know, we don't we, we really we don't give back because we want to be blessed. Right. Like, oh, this is a uh-huh. give back, you know, yeah. kind of this situation. But it is one of those things where you know, I have personally watched God bless me when when I've been committed mm-hmm. to giving back. Yeah. And I think when you even share nuggets of those things yeah. with your kids, you know, I was sharing with my kids not long ago a story about my own mother who they, they she's a faith warrior. Mm-hmm. So many of our kids, you know, their grandparents are just heritages of yeah. faith for them in many cases. And so I was sharing a story about how my mom was in a moment in her life when they she really had no money. My mm-hmm. father had died. Um, she was just living off of Social Security and really had no money. And she had vowed, she made a pledge to give money to the church for something. And my mom has always taken that very seriously. And so uh, she needed three hundred dollars to, you know, for that pledge to be fulfilled for that month. But she didn't have enough money to even pay like her own rent. Mm. And so she prayed that morning when she, before she was going to go to church, and she said, God, if you will give me the $300, even though you know what my needs are, mm-hmm. I will fulfill to the church what I need to, and I'm going to count on you to help me with the, everything else. Yeah. And she said she went out to her car, and she was pulling out to go to church, and there was a little box on the front of her car. She said, I almost missed it. And she opened up the lid of the box, and there was $300 in cash on her hood of her car. And she said, and you know Mimi. I know so Mimi. You know that she is true to yeah. the bone. Yeah. And she said, I went to church and I put that three hundred dollars in the plate. Yeah. And then God provided for me that month to be able to pay my rent. And 
you know, I, sh- I share that story with my kids mm-hmm. because I want them to know the heart. Yeah. I want them to know the why. Mm-hmm. Because money is one of those things that we can hoard, that we can feel like desperate, like we don't have enough. Yeah. And I, in my moments in my life, Jamie, I felt that mm-hmm. way. But I needed them to see like a picture of someone who did it right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it blessed them. And to even like talk with our kids. I mean, you know, Scripture is really clear about what money can do to us. It is the root of all evil. You know, Jesus said it is is harder for a rich man to get into heaven than it is to get through the eye. And he doesn't mean rich people don't get into heaven. He's saying that when you have so much excess, it is a lot easier to forget about the least of these. Mm -hmm. It is a lot easier to give in to everything that you desire. And... um, that is a reality that we have all experienced in our life and we have to fight for. One thing we've always tried to do as well is let our kids pick where they give their money mm. instead of forcing them to give it to the church, That's which good. we donate to the church um, and other places as well. But really wanted to give them a little ownership over that. I'm mm-hmm. saying like, hey, here are some needs. Where would you like to do that? Um, okay, so our expert, I cannot wait for her because I do have a question. We've never done this. I have a question for her. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. We've never done this. When my kids were also after we did the after we did the jars, yeah, okay. Then we moved on to those credit cards that we put money in. Yep, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you load the cards. Yeah, I don't remember the name of it. It's not worth it. Um, and it was great, except our kids would lose them, or we'd have to transfer money. <laughs> yeah. da, da, da. But the good thing about it is it had the area where you could do the save, give. Da, 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 da. Mm. It wasn't a real credit card, obviously. Right. My question for Rachel is: Is that okay? Mm. Is that teaching our kids to handle their money well? Or is it teaching them to swipe, 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 swipe? I don't know. Here we go. Here we go. I'll see what Rachel has to say. Hey, y'all, it's Jamie. And I don't know if you know this or not, but I attended a Christian college. In fact, I graduated from Houston Baptist University. And I really loved being at an institution where faith was integrated into our learning. And now of my four kids, one is already in college, two are really close and we're looking at colleges and then one is coming up the line. But if you have a student with college on the horizon, I want to tell you about Find Your Christian College. When you visit findyourchristiancollege.com, you can explore more than 200 Christian college options through the school search engine. You can filter the search based on things like size or location, majors, and athletics. Find Your Christian College collaborates with hundreds of Christian high schools, colleges, and universities across North America to promote Christian higher education. You can also find and register to attend one of over 125 in-person Christian college fairs across the U.S. These fairs take place every fall and spring, and if you can't travel, there's virtual Christian college fairs as well. Find out more at findyourchristiancollege.com slash launch. That's findyourchristiancollege.com slash L-A-U-N-C-H. I want to tell you something that our family uses to help with healthy boundaries around technology and most importantly, to stay present during family time. We love family time at our house. And what I know to be true is that our time is limited. We want to reclaim our time and establish healthy tech habits for our kids and our family. 90% of the time that we have with our kids occurs before they're 18. I'm living that life right now. And we know that our screen time is the biggest battle in most families today. I wanna tell you about Aro. Aro is a whole family solution that aligns our actions with our intentions. 
Aro is a technology solution for our technology dependence that combines the power of a motivational habit-forming app with the beauty of a defined place for our smartphone. So they have an app that's going to keep track of the habits that you're taking to spend time away from your phone. And they have a really, really great box. It sits on our kitchen counter where you can all place your phones in them so they can all be away from you during family times. Things like family dinners. Hey, we're all gonna put our phones up. Aro is an invitation to be intentional. It's a visual cue to put down your phones, to track and measure your time away while you do what's truly important. What happens is you'll put your phone away. You'll not even remember that you put it away. You'll have time with your family. And then you have an app that helps you see how much time you spent off your phone. It's a way to instill pride in your behavior, a pat on the back for a job well done, and a true invitation to the things that we all say actually truly matter. If you lean into Aro, it will change your family life and culture. Check out Aro at GoAro.com. That's G-O-A-R-O.com. Get one month free off of either an annual or a two-year Aro membership when you use the code LAUNCH. We asked our friend Rachel Cruz to join us as the expert for this episode, and you'll see why. She is a certified financial coach. She's a speaker and a number one New York Times bestselling author, and she's also a podcast host. She speaks and shares practical guidance on how to get out of debt and helps people take control of their money. She hosts the Rachel Cruz Show on YouTube and she co-hosts Smart Money, Happy Hour Podcast, and often co-hosts The Ramsey Show with her dad, Dave Ramsey. She's written a ton of books that are going to help you manage your money better and a lot to help us as we help our kids manage this money. So we wanted Rachel to share her expertise, not only because she's a financial coach, but you know what? She really wants to help parents help their kids manage money. Here's our friend, Rachel Cruz. Hey guys, my name is Rachel Cruz, and there are a few things that stood out to me about Jamie and Lisa's conversation. Oh, it was so good, first and foremost. Everything they were saying, I was like, yes, yes, amen. Uh, Okay, Jamie, I'll answer your question since you ended it with that question. So I think what you were talking about was kind of this like prepaid debit card, and different companies now have this, that you can preload money, and then your child, your teenager has this card, and they can use it. So that is not a bad thing by any means. Uh, I think that it can be a really great tool. But I think for me, whenever it comes to money, as much as I can put real world experience with my kid, that's going to be ideal. So the prepaid debit card idea, again, is great. But if I could get them a student checking account where they actually then had to be able to log in on a bank, and this could be like a brick and mortar bank or even an online bank, uh, but to say, okay, I have to have my login information I have to go and look at it and I have a debit card and I have to keep track of things like that just brings a little bit more of the real world reality to it so again prepaid debit card idea not a bad idea but as much real world integration you can do with your kids I think the better and again student checking will be under you as the parent so uh, it's a great question though and one that we're getting a lot now which is exciting because it means that parents are actually realizing, okay, we need to talk to our kids and teach our kids about the subject because money, it is a hard subject. And you guys mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but it's just true that a lot of our mistakes as parents and the shame, the guilt, the embarrassment, the regret that comes with our money mistakes can influence why we don't talk to our kids about money. And so parents out there, I just want to free you from that. So whether you have millions of dollars in your 401k or whether you're living paycheck to paycheck, like regardless of where you are financially, let me just encourage you and maybe even challenge you a little bit that that you 
are the one that is responsible to teach your kids about money. I mean, it's not the church's responsibility. It's not the school's responsibility. It really is you as a parent, and you're never going to be perfect in the subject, like any subject in parenting and in life. And so stepping into that, though, and even talking about some of the mistakes and the regrets, I think is a really helpful tool for your kids. And again, very age appropriate. But man, bringing that stuff in, that is real world life. And I think for me, uh, growing up, you know, as Dave Ramsey's kid and in the Ramsey household, a lot of people have this misconception that we were obsessed with money. And like all we did was talk about money. And we had like mutual fund birthday parties and went to budget camps every summer and all that where that was not the case. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, But mom and dad just brought a lot of their real world experiences to their parenting when it came to money because they actually filed bankruptcy the year I was born. So I was born in April and they filed in September. So talk about a money mistake. I mean, truly at the bottom of that is when I was born. And and they really use those opportunities to be like, hey, here's what money looks like in real life. And it's hard sometimes. It's not always easy. But bringing us in on those conversations and those real life examples, I think was so huge. So Jamie, you said, I think it was you that said something earlier about the three jars and that when you your kids you know, either earn money or get money, that you have these three jars. And I love that. That's what we did growing up and what I'm kind of starting to do with my kids at home. I have a seven, five, and three-year-old. So we're a little bit on the early stages of this. Uh, but yeah, the the give, save, and spend mentality is beautiful because you want your kids to be able to do all three. And you think about money as an adult, that's really the three things we do with money. I mean, you can give it, you can save it, you can spend it. And so uh, teaching them that is like this really simple form of budgeting even of just being intentional with their money. And in order to get the money, I think it is, I think it's a great idea, especially if you have little ones in the house to to have them do chores and work. And Lisa, I, I so appreciated what you said when you're like, no, they should clean their room because they're part of the family. And I agree too. So I do think that there are chores that you do because you're part of the family and that's life. You know, we do things every day and don't get paid for them, but you have to, to be an adult in society today. So there is part of that balance for sure. But also if there's a couple of things you can do where they can earn extra money, I just think it's helpful because they start to grasp and understand from an early age that money comes from work. Money doesn't just come from mom and dad's back pocket or on my birthday every year, right? So you you really kind of start implementing, hey, here are a few things that you can do and we will pay you for them and pay them instantly. The younger they are, I would say the more visual uh, that you can be with money. So actually having the money and paying them and showing them this connection between work and money is really helpful. And I just find too, in my own life, and what I find is so helpful too, is that, man, they give their money differently when they earn it. They save it differently. They spend it differently. And so there's just something about that ownership piece that I think is really uh, a beautiful gift to give your kids early on. So so again, it's that balance when it comes to chores, but I think both uh, are really, really important. And you guys touched on even the giving aspect, which I really loved because you were like, I don't want to you know, do we force them to give? I want them to know the why behind giving. And I think all of that is such important conversation. But I would say, you know, the younger they are, they're not going to have the emotional or spiritual maturity to probably deeply understand generosity. But when it can become a habit and it's just part of what they know that they do with money, I think that's really important. And I think there's something to be said about making it part of your rhythm. Because as adults, when you fast forward, 
a lot of people tell me, man, Rachel, I would give if I had more money. If I just had more money, I would be generous. And what I find is that money is a magnifying glass. I mean, it makes you more of what you already are. Meaning if you start these great money habits like giving, saving, and spending wisely with not a lot of money, the more money you get, and if you start to build any type of wealth, those good money habits are going to be magnified. So I just think about that with my kids that, you know, I make them brush their teeth. I make them do their homework and do spelling words for spelling tests the next day. And part of that is for them to win in life. And I just think giving is that. So again, I hate that it sounds legalistic because it might, but when they're younger, I really would force them to give something. And then as they get older, yes, talking about the importance of why and and understanding, you know, especially the spiritual aspect that God owns it all, that we are stewards. We are managers of what he's given us and living life with an open hand does more, you know, yes, to society and the person you're giving to, but it does change your heart. I mean, you when you give, you're saying no to yourself. You are denying yourself in that. And there's something about moving on that spectrum of being selfish, where life is just pointed at me and I'm looking at me all the time, to selfless. And that is a heart change that happens. And money is a great practical way for that change to happen. So I love the idea of giving. And again, as, as your kids get older, yes, explaining the why is so important. And having them save up for something. So uh, yeah, whether it's haircuts and gas like you, Jamie, which I love, uh, or maybe it's saving up for half of their car that they're going to pay for. That's what my parents did. We had to pay for half of our cars when we turned 16. So whatever it is, like learning that delayed gratification that you're putting money away for the future and it's going to sit there and it's going to sit there until you have to buy the thing. And there's something about that detachment that's really key in winning with money long term. So I love the delayed gratification. And then the spending, let them spend and enjoy. And guess what? Make mistakes. They're going to mess up. I bounced three checks when I was a teenager out of that student checking account that we had as Ramsey's. And I bounced three checks at Hollister. So everyone just prepare your hearts and that is the truth. And I remember, man, feeling like, no, but I didn't get in trouble. They didn't, my parents did not yell at me, but I did have to go down to the bank and apologize to the branch manager for lying to him. Oh, because I quote unquote, said I had money in his bank to spend and I didn't. And that was a lie. So that did happen. But I learned that mistake, you know, at 15 years old, rather than at 25 or 30. So so parents, let your kids mess up. Let them mess up because they're going to make really inexpensive mistakes under the safety of your roof versus the first time they ever handle money and they make a mistake. But that's going to be a much more expensive mistake when they're past 18 and out on their own. So so again, those those tactical principles, I think, are really great for kids and teenagers to earn money, whether it's in the house or outside the home and working and learning to give, save, and spend. All three of those things uh, is really key. And then, you know, besides the tactical side, too, I would encourage you parents out there to talk about the emotional side of money. I mean, money is, it can be a very dangerous tool. It can be a really beautiful tool that's used to help people and to change your family's legacy um, there's some really great things that money can do, but it also can be very harmful. And so the position of where money holds in your own life as a parent, your kids are going to pick up on. And if it's like the end all be all and you're just doing everything to get more and get more and get more and get more, they're going to see that. And if you just consume and consume and consume and consume, they're going to see that. And so there really is this important aspect of you as a parent that more is caught than taught. So they are watching your relationship with money as well. So so that side and even contentment, you know, that's more of an emotional side of money. But talking to your kids that, you know, it's okay to have nice stuff, 
but we can't let our nice stuff have us. And it can have us and going into debt for it. The borrower is slave to the lender in the sense that stuff, that, that thing owns you and owns your paycheck. You don't own it when you borrow money. And also it can own you if your identity or your joy, you think your happiness is wrapped up in that thing. And and we've all done this, like just said, oh, if I could just have you know, that pair of jeans, I'd be happy. If I could just go on that vacation, my life would be better. You know, you just have these things out there. And the truth is, at the end of the day, you come back home from the vacation, you get done wearing the pair of jeans for the fourth time, and it's still you. Like, you're still there. You're still part of the equation. And so understanding your heart and working on who you are as a person is really big. Because remember, again, money is a magnifying glass. It's going to make you more of what you already are. So thanks again, Lisa and Jamie. I just so... Number one, I'm so appreciative that you asked me to join you on this podcast. I love this subject and I think it's really important. And I just want to give hope to you parents out there. Again, regardless of where you are financially, you're doing a really great job. And the beautiful thing is, is that we all have the ability to wake up tomorrow and make different decisions and different choices with our money. So if you if you don't like where you are financially right now, if it feels hopeless, if it feels stressful, if you hate it, the great thing is, is that you can do something different. You can try something else. You can try a new way and see if it works. And scripture is just full, full of so much wisdom when it comes to money. And so I would encourage you to dive into that and any great resources to help you as a parent, because when you really do get control of your money versus your money controlling you, I think it frees up a mental space for you and a capacity then to be able to walk in with your kids and say, hey, I want to bring you into this conversation as well. So all of it works together. And and, and it's all, again, not just to, you know, become like really rich and buy a bunch of stuff, but it really is to use money as a tool to help your family and help others. So being extremely generous is a big part of that equation too. So oh, thanks again, you guys, for letting me join. And I hope that this helps. Launch is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. Executive producer, Jamie Ivy. Produced and edited by Angie Elkins. Editing assistance from Lindsay Barnett and Roger Abounza. Show notes by Nikki Ogden, art by Noel Rhodes and Maddie Byers. Original music by Matt Graham, hosted by Lisa Whittle and myself, Jamie Ivey. Thanks for listening to Launch with Jamie Ivey and Lisa Whittle, Season 2. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC.